quite lucky with what we do, but there is definitely a drawback to what we do with the work we do in tennis. And I'm probably not making sense. We're currently working part of the US Open series, and, and this week we're together at Cincinnati. And yes. 12 hours. I still need to be feeling this energy from you because we could still have another couple to go. <laughs> we spend a lot of time together off air at really weird times of the day and night. Yeah, so it's not like you can kind of, you can't even go away and kind of go on your phone and speak to people or phone people. <laughs> There's just no one else. It's just us. I did so that we the other night. Away. I was sending texts to loads of people because I had a bit of spare time. and well, In the middle of the night. I don't seem to have spare time anymore with children. So I was I was messaging away and I thought, why, why is no one replying? And it was, I think it was about 4.30 in the morning. Mm. So I'm just hoping they didn't, the phones are all switched off because there's a lot of messages. Because suddenly you have all this time. Yeah. Exactly. And we, and we tend to just fill it with chat, just chat, tennisy chat. It, it, it gets more ishy, I would say, as the days <laughs> and nights go on. And you also learn a lot about other people and if mm. they're good with no sleep and if they're good in the middle of the night or if they're not. Yeah, see, you're very good. Uh, yeah, you, you're very good with no sleep. That is for sure. You just, you just, your energy never dips. Everything feels slightly surreal, though. Do you get that? One step removed. <laughs> it does. I think, especially this is the second week of two. Mm. So we've been at it for a week, sort of through the night and, and overnight. And it can, it's, and you don't really know what's going on because you're looking at images where it's sunshine and it's day. the rain, the rain last week in oh, Canada. That was a pain. Was awful. Because I mean, then you get just... rain delays and you're sort of talking nonsense for two or three hours without any tennis. Yeah, yeah. Having to fill the, for the rain, de- rain delays can be... Sometimes it's actually a really nice opportunity to get to talk about all the things that you wanted to be talking about and you actually just have some time without tennis rudely interrupting what you want to talk about. I'd way too much time and <laughs> <You> run out. <laughs> I like to chat. That's the thing. I talk way too much anyway. So do I. But by the end of the week, but I was yeah. like, I'm done. Yeah, a few days in a row. It was, it's quite, it's, it was quite a lot. And that, but that's the thing is that I, I didn't realise. So when I was playing, obviously we have rain delays and it's boring and tedious for everyone involved. But I didn't ever consider, because tennis players are inherently quite selfish, but I didn't ever consider that everybody involved includes media, commentators. I didn't realise that all of these other people were hanging around. Obviously the people I can see. We are you know, waiting for you to come out on court. Yeah, exactly. You can have a massage. You can go and have a nice meal. You can speak to your coach. Can you can you have a massage? And, you can sit and relax. <laughs> haven't had one today. <laughs> but we're sitting there in a normally a tiny commentary box, staring out at the rain, waiting for you to come back on court. Yeah, and the nature of commentary boxes is because you want them to be soundproof. There aren't many windows. And the air conditioning works. Oh, it works here. Yeah, I know. It's great. Freezing. You know, it can be freezing. <laughs> and you're, you've got jumpers and scarves. And you're saying it's, it's 80% humidity and the sun is shining and it's all fabulous. And you're actually dressed up. There was one time at the US Open where there was a on-site at the US Open and there was a heat wave well, outside, and the commentary box was probably about minus four or five. So you had you had a jumper, you had a scarf, and I think at one point I put a hat on. It was that cold. <laughs> and then suddenly my producer said, can you, you run down, there's someone to be interviewed. And the commentary box we have on Arthur Ashe is, you have to get in a lift that stops at six different floors and takes about 10 minutes. 
So you have to go through all that to get... And they said, you've got to go and interview this person sort of five minutes ago. Go, 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 go. So I ran out of the room, got in the lift, came down the however many floors, had the wonderful chat with the person inside about the same thing I chatted with for a couple of weeks, stepped outside. It was like a hairdryer. And I had scarf, hat, coat, and all these people sort of almost walking around in bikinis and, and swimwear <laughs> look at me as if I was crazy. Because commentary box are largely quite cold places. Yeah, but I think it's good to be cold because if you're... No, I, Why I any, any? Oh, I'd much rather too cold than too hot. Can you imagine? Oh, it'd be stuffy. You like be, and you like to be cosy. How do you, you concentrate? Don't to, I'd fall asleep. How do you concentrate? It was a dull match. If you're shivering, if you're sitting there, then you can see your breath. I mean, in commentary box, when you can see your breath as you're okay, speaking. Well, well, that's that's quite an extreme. That's I freezing. mean, you had a hat on, right? You had a hat on. <laughs> I had everything. Did you, in, because last week, Naomi was, as I say, working in Montreal, I was in mm. Toronto, so we the rain would, it seemed that we were messing each other and I'd say, oh, awful rain. You'd say, beautiful sunshine. And then you'd say, oh, no, the rain's arrived. Did you experience the, the orgy of maximum output blowers? Um, we did actually, yeah. We, we did have that, but we didn't need them as much as you. I hate to say it, I was feeling a little smug because for the first two or three days, we got your rain a few hours after you did. Um, but then the rest of the week, it was beautiful sunshine. We a had maximum nothing. maximum output blower is a lawnmower with a fan on the front. Mm. Looks like a snail, a large snail. <laughs> it does actually look like a snail. I always thought they were useless, but I actually think they're quite effective. Because in the US Open, you have the ride-on lawnmowers, like yeah. the big mm-hmm. squeegees. I don't know what they are. And they squeegee mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. But here, it's a snail-like lawnmower. And there's about they have about 20 to 25 of them on court at one time and they just put them in a line yeah. and then just leave them yeah they and just I turn them on they were absolutely useless and they make the most the noise is like the sort of humming noise that goes on but they're actually quite good I spent a lot of time looking at maximum output blowers at about three four o'clock in the morning mm. this hum in your ear you're slightly delirious maybe the person you're with is a little bit grumpy <laughs> and all you can see is a court covered in maximum who was output that? blowers who was that no, I can't, who was I grumpy I can't be revealing any names of God, who oh. might get a little bit grumpy if they don't have <laughs> they there are people they don't have <laughs> as much sleep as they should do but, but something you were telling me that made me chuckle and amidst the rain we had sunshine and and that's something that's been talked about is going from maximum output blows, getting rid of the rain, to sun cream and tennis players. Did you ever use any sun cream? Oh, yeah. So I got a tweet about this uh, <laughs> after the last pod. Thank you very much. Uh, from Farns. That's what I'm going to say. Thank you for getting in touch with us. You yes. can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. And he was asking about how players cope with sun cream because you never see them putting any on on the court. Uh, but obviously they're sweating a lot uh, and it's definitely coming off. Um, and the, uh, I mean, the answer is that... You, yeah, I mean, you get used to it. I mean, your, to your skin gets the sun used cream to the sun. sun. I'm not saying you don't wear any. That's bad. It is bad. I didn't. If there's any young children listening, do wear not listen cream. to Naomi Cavaday's advice on sun cream. No, wear sun cream. No, I'm very, I'm very fair, very freckly, and I have always been very strict with my sun cream, apart from, apart from two areas. <laughs> <laughs> so on my back, so you have the racer back. That, uh, that, that it's a racer back well it's, it's you know the back that women wear when it's called a racer back where it goes in between your shoulders but it kind of go it curves around your shoulder blades that's a racer back yeah okay. exactly uh, which is a common common style to wear so I, that's what I would have I have a you can see it imprinted on me now just years of playing tennis I still have the have, tan line tan lines do you have oh you do oh yeah 
Oh wow! Yeah, I don't really play that much you anymore. Have, but I have um, um, I have tennis player feet. You white have, feet. You have. It's like someone who's fake tanned and thought their feet weren't important. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, That's... I have white. I have white feet and my race back. I'm going to show you my race back. There we go. There you go. Can you see? <laughs> it's really white. It's quite. It's quite clear. But if it's not, it's not even it's not even attempting to blend in at the moment. But on the race about because I can reach ninety eight percent of it. There's just a very tiny little section that I can't quite reach. But couldn't you ask someone to help you? Yeah, but sometimes I was in a rush, or I didn't, or I forgot, or I was doing it myself, and I thought oh, I'll get someone to help with that particular bit, and then I didn't. I don't know. Um, so that those those bits on each side are a lot more tanned than. Uh, oh, are we? You've been so good and generous with your photos. You, you have, you have to. So <laughs> a picture of my back, or or, or the feet, or the feet. Okay, I think, I think the people listening need to either see the feet or the back, whichever. I won't put pressure on you. You just you choose. I can, I I'll can. take I'll take a photo with my phone. We'll, we'll keep it all between us. Uh-huh. As someone started hoovering nearby, <laughs> which is lovely. Um, I'll take a picture and then we'll pop it up the the white bits the white bits maybe okay. that should be the name of this podcast the white bits <laughs> okay i'm not sure i'm not sure i've agreed to this um okay okay i'm sure we can come but up with something someone, we're talking about tennis players and, and the sun and in in cricket you will see in other sports you see the real the mm. war paint plus on and some players i've noticed with eugenie bouchard she puts an awful lot on her face because her face is, is very very white compared mm. to the rest of her she and, and I you think can still see the cream on her face the, yeah and i think andre rublev is someone that does that mm. but someone was suggesting maybe you need someone to come on like a physio but a sun cream person with a big bag at the change of ends because the argument would be the players don't want to get it on their hands because it's sticky and then grip the racket that's the hardest thing can you imagine the change of ends when someone comes on with a big bag which factor would you like mr nadal i'm guessing zero or coconut oil or something <laughs> and then him standing there and them spraying him and rubbing in sun cream. i just love the idea of someone coming on like being a real like mum about it being like going a bit red rafa <laughs> top of your shoulders and the ears neck it's a, it's a <laughs> you've missed a bit i'm starting to experience putting sun cream on children and i've cleverly bought the spray don't do the cream this it's like a mist it's a very high factor mist. And so you don't they, actually need to get them. You can just spray it and they just get past, them to run through it. As through they the run mist. past, you spray. And, they run, and, then, and then they feel something on them and they rub it in because they're like, what's this? And it's, it's, it's job done. But can you imagine at a change of ends so saying to Carlos Bernardes in the chair, um, I'd require some factor 30 at the next change of ends. And someone coming on and duly applying the sun cream to the tennis player. Well, yeah, because the other option is if you, would, if you do need a top up is to put it on yourself... But then you'd have to go and wash your hands because so you can't, you can't, you cannot hold a tennis racket after. I mean, everybody knows what sun cream feels like. It's so the logical so thing is, well, you either do it. Before, so basically, we have to get someone to come on and mother these athletes and tell them that they're being naughty and they need more sun cream. On. You can get sweat resistant. You can get sand resistant, which obviously largely not going to be a problem in tennis matches. But if you're on court for say over six hours, 
you might need they say apply it every reapply every two three hours you might yeah. need someone to come I mean, and do that no one ever does though that's the thing no one ever does and well that's why they have the white har- bits like you <laughs> <laughs> the hardest bit is that um the sun cream goes in your eyes when you start i sweat on my face a lot on my forehead and it would just run into my eyes and that's really annoying so you have to put it on ages before you go onto the match it has to completely soak in unless you do what bouchard does but she must just have to deal with sun cream rubbing on her eyes although she does wear a visor which might soak up a lot of the sweat so she might be protected from... But then she'll have a visor mark. And yeah. There, there, there doesn't seem like a winner. Like the golfers. Doesn't, the, the I mean, doesn't I hope they're paid a lot of money to rock those tan lines, the golfers. The golfers? You know, they're the forehead tan line. Because they wear their... Oh, it's not you as bad the, as you have golfers. You have yeah, but golf's ridiculous. Have you seen their faces? It's half one shade, and then the other half of their face is like 17 shades darker. You've got the same feet as your dog. They say <laughs> owners look like their dogs. <laughs> you've yeah. actually got, you've got the, the tan marks. You've actually got the same. And he's building up quite a following, your your Sven. Um, people want a, a, a Sven segment every week. Not quite sure what we'd put in that, but he's, he's getting a lot of people appreciating. Mm. I still haven't met him, by the way. Because despite the fact being in your kitchen last week and you saying he's, he's running around, I don't know what you did to him. But, but he, was off, he was out for a walk. Still haven't seen him. So you haven't met him yet. So and it's going to build up and turn into something bigger than it really needs to be. <laughs> I feel like we should record it, but that Our it's probably not going to be have a particularly lot to say? <laughs> radio friendly. <laughs> me looking at a dog and Maybe a dog Maybe we could film it for social media rather than record it for the podcast. We could do. <laughs> it would be a boring podcast. Sven's utter delight as he makes. But it, it, we did have a, not the your Sven isn't, but we had a, a, famous, tennis, a famous tennis Sven getting involved i saw this i mean amazing sven grunfeld we i think i i think it was a picture of of your sven Uh and someone had replied to the tennis twitter account saying oh i love sven sven's amazing and and sven grunfeld then replied and and we're talking famously coach to marie sharapovic coach monica seller shanna ivanovich michael stick tommy haas the list goes on and he wrote back saying, I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> and it led us to thinking that we might be able to have a famous Sven section, but our list was so short. Yeah. That that's... I didn't really, I don't know if you can call two Svens a list of Svens. It's just a couple of Svens, <laughs> isn't it, really? What's the plural? And of also, plural of Sven, <laughs> just Svens. Svens, the Svens. Yeah. But also, um, I just like the idea it's a that, thing, that, what's the plural of Svens? that Sven Grunefeld, I mean, he stopped working with uh, Sharapova earlier this year and, and since then has just been sitting on Twitter looking for any mention of Sven, just waiting. Ah, oh, I thought that was me. No, no, it's a dog. <laughs> in Twitter, you can, you can do like a column on one of these things, things you're interested in, so we might put tennis. He might just put Sven and wait. Any Svens. <laughs> Any Svens that, that come along, he's just going to keep an eye on. <laughs> um, we had um, a tweet from Sarah or Sarah. It's S A R A. I think that's Sarah. But it can be also be Sarah, right? It can be, yeah. And it is I'm Eugenie bank. who's getting married. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I was wrong. And it was our producer <laughs> that kind of <laughs> put her foot down there and said, I can't believe oh, you didn't wrong. know that. Um, who in relation to a, a past pod said when I was a junior we meditated and sniffed balls as part of our training it then became a trigger to help concentration or focus I mean personally <laughs> I've never sniffed a ball to help my concentration wait what it was part of Sarah Sarah Sarah, Sarah what's going Sarah's on? training okay it so, was a oh, trigger oh so, so you so trained the trigger so that on the in, so in the match you, t- you could sniff balls to calm you down so you <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, sorry, I just needed to clarify. <laughs> you teach juniors. Would you? So would I teach juniors to sniff balls? <laughs> I'm not sure their parents would be too happy. What did you do today? Well, we sniffed balls. We meditated and sniffed balls. And that would help focus the concentration. So if they were losing concentration, they'd give a ball a good old sniff and they'd be back in back in the moment. Right. So it's, is there something in in it? It's only look at me. It? Like I've never sniffed balls, a ball. You're going to have to try it now. Have you ever meditated? Uh, yes, yes, I have. I don't see you as a meditator. <laughs> it doesn't really suit me. I'm not going to lie. Um, no, I, I have. I have given it a good old go, and I, I, I yeah. in a tennis capacity, or just post tennis life. A bit, a bit of both, really. A bit of both. I mean, they talk about learning to meditate in a moment. You know, being able to bring your sense, just bringing yourself a sense of calm in something that's incredibly chaotic, like a match point at Wimbledon or whatever it might be. You know, just being able to have that sense of calm it's, it's technically has, meditating he sits and closes his eyes and some people wonder if he's doing a little bit of that changeover sometimes yeah he might just be having a rest but he sits there eyes closed or you could just sniff a ball or sniff a ball i've never heard it of it never heard relaxing of a player if Dominique Dominique Kova does it Kova a lot. must find it relaxing well, she's not a relaxed person she's so not i can't see person. how it's relaxing she gets even more <laughs> she gets even more kind of going doesn't she when yeah, she sniffs balls she's she's up for a fight is that one after she sniffed a few balls but she can tell her balls from the other ball right I, it, look it does it, <laughs> it does make sense the uh, the whole kind of you know creating a, a, tr- a trigger like lots of players just they straighten up their strings do you think the strings really need to be straightened after every point of course not it's a silly thing to do but it's just a uh, it, it's just a, it's just a way to bring your focus in. It's just a, it's just a routine. That's is it, it something is. as a coach you would teach your charge? Uh, like to a straighten little, the strings, like a little like a as you say. Hopefully they're straight, but just a little something that if you're in the middle of a match situation and you're feeling a bit wobbly, and teach them little things like sniffing balls or meditation. Yeah, absolutely. I would not opt for sniffing balls as the as the, the top <laughs> top choice. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, anything that walking to the back so that you can kind of look at the back. Um, you know, lots of players don't step on the lines with certain feet and do all sorts of crazy stuff. We talked about routines and superstitions, but this is part of it. The reason they do it all is just, just to keep themselves calm, I guess. It's amazing how quickly people just call that a superstition. Yeah, it's like Nadal. I mean, he can play if it all goes wrong. He he doesn't fall to pieces. And that was always my fear is is I don't want to develop a superstition because if, if it all goes wrong, I'll fall to pieces. But he can. He, he is fine. This US Open series, they've introduced the, the shot clock. Or they have the... Oh, yeah. From the moment the, the second person gets to his or her bench on court as a minute to get to the net. Then we had the five-minute warm-up, then mm-hmm. the 25 seconds between points. And with Nadal, all eyes are on him to see because there's so much he has to do. It's, it, I feel like I'm working... You know when you watch, you watch something, you want to get rid of the ads, you press that button and you speed it up by four or eight or 32 mm-hmm. or 64. I feel that's what I'm looking at with Nadal. So as the high-seeded player... He's world number one. There's no one higher than him. He will come on court second. So I think he's already a little bit of a disadvantage because the fella before him has already been <laughs> unzipping the bag, taking the racket oh, out. Do you think he's going to request to go on first? And he's got longer. just feels like you're looking at a speeded up version because he has two bottles and a thing and a thing to take out. And the other day, he, he was almost... It looked like he was glaring at his opponent. But he was staring at the clock. 
and he only had three seconds left and he had a sip of water to take and he didn't know what to do. Do I drink, do I not? And then he must have thought, if I don't drink, have this sip, I can't walk to that net. And I think he was kind of minus two when he got there. But it, it feels it feels quite frantic. He must have practised it. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the players will be looking at it and practicing the shot clock um, and uh, yeah, getting the timer out. It's it's um, yeah, I don't. I, I'm interested to see how Nadal copes with it. To be honest, I know he, he you know he was obviously playing with it and he, he clearly was fine. Like, he won the yeah, tournament, I, he right? Did, yeah, he, he won the tournament. Just, he was never, sorry, I was busy doing the women's. Okay. I'm just checking. <laughs> he did win the tournament. <laughs> okay, uh, he he didn't seem to be troubled by it. it just felt and it was quite amusing to watch him at the very beginning especially when he had to get to the net everyone was there so you've got the the chair umpires there his opponents there whoever's doing the coin toss was there two mascots having the first I mean everybody was there and he was and it just felt like I was watching a speeded up version of what was happening because there was nothing he was going to compromise on and he was going to get everything done and it was just he was like oh, uh, and then suddenly and he's looking at the clock and it's five four three two and literally on the zero he springs out of his chair and sort of flies to the net and what and what about in between points how was he with the 25 second rules in between points because it, it is up to the umpire as to when they start the 25 seconds they say that they, i think they were well, they were saying to us in montreal that um they were going to start the 25 seconds when they call the score in french because they did it in french then they did it in english and they said after we call it in french oh we had maria chichak there was no messing around in montreal she she did a full script as in maria chichak is one of the most experienced umpires out there she has a very good reputation for being firm direct and she would it was so funny because she'd be hurrying the players to her to do the initial chat at the net and of course they only have that minute as you say it was counting down from the dark she'd be hurrying everybody over and then as soon as they got there she's like she, she literally said okay I have a story to tell you <laughs> I didn't know what was going on what are you talking about and she basically was just saying she was saying okay so we have the shot clock this is how it's going to work and she just ran through every detail of the shot clock for the entire thing it, it honestly took how about long? three minutes wow uh, and she was saying um, and, and she was saying I will start the clock after I call in French it's up to me when I call in French, oh, she, she owned it, and she was. It was. It was. Oh, there was no. You couldn't quibble after that. If you had heard that rundown from Chichag, you were just. She's in charge. Wow, no I, quibbling. We. It, it was pretty standard um, with the men. It was like there's a clock there and there, and there's a minute, and there's it, and I'll call it, and you call it, and be definite, and we'll just get on with it. Any mm. questions? No questions. No. Off it. The, you the, didn't have Chichak. The one thing they were very clear about is where the clocks were because they don't yeah. think they wanted a case of, I didn't see it, I couldn't see it. So they were very much, there's one there and there's one there and that would count down. And obviously if there was a 30-shot rally, they would maybe give it a couple of seconds to breathe. Yeah, because they, can, they can put it on whenever the they crap. want. Yes. And and this is what I always say is if you, if you think about how, um, how umpires call the scores, they call it in different rhythms anyway. So if somebody hits an ace, they call it immediately. Um, you know, uh, you remember, you know, Mohamed Layani. If if Andy Murray hits an ace, it, as soon as that has gone past the returner, they're, they're, they've barely even stood up straight. They've kind of reached for it. They're still lunging. He would have called the score. Like the point's barely over, and he'll call it. But as you say, after a thirty-shot rally, the crowd go wild for about six, seven seconds. By the time they've settled down, then he'll say thirty fifteen. 
or however he does didn't it. Didn't sound anything like I, him. You know, I was at all. I, I was so tempted to do an impression. <laughs> I thought I've never done an impression of Mohammed Lahani at all. That was an impression. No, um, I mean you were tempted. That was that's not how you normally sound. <laughs> uh, I was trying my so best. Who was that umpire. impression of uh, generic that umpire? A, that was just an umpire. Apologise to any umpires that. <laughs> That that was more like maybe a... But, you know, but also the way they say it as well. You know, after an ace, they, they say it in a really aggressive manner as if, as if point's over. And what was happening love. you and Montreux? I did notice. <laughs> we had chit-chat. That is what I'm saying. She's brilliant, by the way. I, but I love it. No nonsense. Everyone knew what was going on. a couple of times um, with Raffanel, but more so with Novak Djokovic, their urgency with the ball boys and girls. But the ball boys and girls have so much to do now because mm. they're dealing with giving them a towel, giving them the balls, and they're just doing their thing. But this clock is ticking. So I noticed a few times, especially with Novak Djokovic, he was quite insistent, giving the balls, I need the balls. And a couple of times with Nadal, he was like, where are the balls? There's, I think we forget that the ball boys and ball girls now, they're having to speed up because they've got someone in front of them saying, well, you know, come on, like the, the clock's ticking for me. But largely, to be honest, there weren't, there weren't too many problems. It, it feels like the new breed of tennis player is quick yeah they take a ball a couple of bounces they serve and they, they don't really hang around and as I said with Nadal I only really noticed it what just for me it was the amusing thing is when he sat down at, at the very beginning he we just felt quite frantic because there are obviously things that he has to do but but apart from that it doesn't seem to have caused me problems I don't think they're going to get a lot of people saying I don't there are still a couple of people I think Serena Williams isn't a fan of it I know she no she wasn't particularly happy um, that was from yeah her match in Cincinnati yeah. wasn't it but what um, uh, did you get any time violations or anything any fines because if you don't get out of your chair to do with the warm up bits and bobs that is a fine and then if it's the 25 seconds between points that's a violation possibly violation. as I say last week was wonderfully enjoyable but slightly blurry at times with, with the hour of the, it, yeah, but nothing that saw anyone up in arms or contesting anything or getting very angry. What about Chilich with his ball bounces? He seems to have he said that he was in his mind going to start at 10 Oh yeah I remember we were talking about this weren't we, we you were saying he's, he's going to count. So he's going to start at, start at 10 already so when he goes up to the baseline he's at 10 which means he only has to do a few more Right, okay. So he was fine, but remember, he's got the back leg wobble a little bit. <laughs> Something You're obsessed with this back it, leg twitching. And people, when they, you, you, now it's all I can look at, and especially when he gets nervous. The thing, mentioning Marin Cilic there, and I don't think we talked about this, I can't believe we hadn't talked about this. His run to the Wimbledon final last year, and then he had the blisters. And he also had the adductor strain, but it was really the blisters that got people talking, and he was in so much pain, and he was in tears on court, and he lost to Roger Federer in straight sets. This year at Queen's, someone asked him the question, is it, is it really going to hurt going back there? Have you dealt with the memory of it? And he told us something really interesting that I would never even thought, that he thinks he may have got the blisters because he had a pedicure. So he was at Wimbledon, and they have the beauty salons and all the bits and pieces, and he had some time on his hands. So he went for a pedicure, and I imagine... I'm not asking to see your feet, but I imagine some <laughs> tennis players' feet are, maybe mine are too, gnarled, hard skin, a bit gross really. But I guess, I'm guessing it's the hard skin that can help and protect. You go for a pedicure, they shave off all the yeah. dead skin. Your feet are like newborn babies' bottoms when you're finished with a pedicure. So he has a pedicure, probably comes out thinking, my feet have never felt so good. 
but then all of a sudden he gets blisters because there's no protection on the soles of his feet. That is such a rookie error. I mean, come on. But he probably Marin, been, you've been a professional tennis player. Would you have thought, you thought of something like that? Yes, definitely. I wouldn't get a, a, a pedicure. Yeah, hundred percent. Or you can get a pedicure in terms of getting your nails sorted out or whatever. But I don't you think don't he was going for the nails. So. No, I'm not saying he was getting them painted. <laughs> it wasn't a look. He was going French oh, pedicure. Oh, I remember my first Wimbledon final. So shall I? What flag shall I go for on my nails? I don't think it was. But it was. It was interesting. He said that he think, and he wasn't blaming anyone. It, well only himself he wasn't saying this he just said I don't think I'll be going back there this time because there mm. are all these things that we've kind of talked about that are there for the players whether it's booking theatre tickets or, or the beauty salon or hairdressers hairdressers or something hairdresses, blow get your drums. haircut that's not a problem but maybe don't get a pedicure ahead of a Grand Slam final yeah I think well, the thing is, is with, oh, this is just, this has gone a bit gross now but with the hard skin you need to keep it down to a certain point you don't want it to be too thick because then that causes problems and you can get a blister underneath it and that my word that is horrendous how do you get a blister under hard skin it's her it's it's her it's exactly as it sounds and it is at, you can't walk <laughs> it's just awful because the blister is almost in your foot if you have a photo of that i don't want it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not going on any social media account i've got anything to do yeah, okay the, the timelines aren't as bad so you, you need to keep it down to a point so you do need to kind of shave off Bits and oh, please, can we talk about something? I don't want to talk about something. I've got a, but you don't want to go too far. Anyway, that's all I was saying, I, and I think that was a very rookie mistake. I've got a challenge for you. Well, I, I want to recreate something, and I can't. I can't be the person to recreate it because you need to tick two boxes. Okay. The, the first box. <laughs> first box is you need to be getting married. Oh, okay. Okay, so you, you're happy with you've ticked that box? Well, I don't know. We've got a long way to go. There's only two boxes, so we haven't. We're nearly there. The second box. Is he is, still growing or not? I don't know. Is who still growing? Ben. <laughs> My other half. I don't know if he's still growing. I'm just saying, a year is a long time for, for things to get second, messed up. He's already grown, and he, and that's fine. That's fine. Well, okay, we're so, solid. Okay, so we're getting married in a year. You're, you're, sorry, you're I shouldn't expected have said that. to I'm get sorry, married ben. in a year, and he hasn't listened to our podcast. So he will never know. <laughs> second box to tick is you have to have played the game professionally or be able to play the game professionally. Okay, I can tick that box. So you tick that box. Uh-huh. Okay, so because I was thinking again, it was probably hit me at about five or six o'clock in the morning. Philip Kohlschreiber recently got married, which is a wonderful thing. And friends and family, long-term girlfriend, really Did he do a post-Wimbledon marriage like everybody else? He, he, yes, but he, and I know it's not always ideal to take a honeymoon straight after because the tennis season is long one, and as we know, it doesn't always happen. He got married and in the afternoon played his opening round match in Kitzbühel at the Austrian Open. <laughs> See, he you was, mean you can take was, a week off, Philip. <laughs> I, I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to think of reasons why I might have done this. He was a defending champion, and right. titles aren't a massive thing in Philip, who's had a wonderful career. Yeah, and and he lives near the tournament and won it before, and and he was the second seed. So you're telling me, so he would have planned his marriage, his sorry, his marriage. He would have planned his wedding to he like he knew Kitzball was happening, right? I didn't think about that, but he yeah, he it happens. Have, it's definitely been on for have, a few years. He, he, it's not a new event. He would have, unless his partner picked the date, and he didn't really have much to do with it. He probably just thought, oh, I that, think that I sounds think he, about right. Mm, really? If you want to tournament, you thing? remember the date, don't you? I yeah, guess. I just, I just think, you know. 
he will have times in the year that he would have more time off than that. Well, maybe he thought he, he planned it. Maybe it was a financial money-saving scheme idea, not scheme, getting married, is that maybe friends and family would be there to watch him in the tournament so he could the get... The whole wedding comes to... He cannot get enough tickets to get an entire wedding be, into Kitsville. There Kitzbühel. have to be exceptions for people who are getting married. <laughs> and he's a defending champion. So they go to the wedding. everyone at his match? Everyone's suited and booted for a wedding. Wife's still in a wedding dress. Match. Wife's still in a wedding dress. Everybody on the cocktails. Hey. <laughs> he then pulled out of Toronto, probably either trying to save his marriage, it was quite new, or maybe it was a honeymoon. Or, but, just, or just be in it. But that's amazing. Can you imagine? So I do and forever and that's wonderful. And then... Is my cab here? Grab your whites, <laughs> get in your Uber and off you... So I was thinking, I thought we could try and recreate this. Now, I did, I did some research. So your wedding's in July. Yes. And this year, so it might change slightly next year, this year, and the ITF level, because I, I didn't want to start you too high putting you back into tennis, the ITF level, 16 tournaments taking place between the 16th and the 22nd of July that you could enter. Okay. The, the most money up for grabs is in Kazakhstan, $80,000. I'm just not sure if logistically we could do that in a day. Then there's 60... I've been to Kazakhstan. It's Yeah, but in the afternoon of your wedding. In, and I think in terms of $60,000 in California, there are no UK ITF tournaments that week. So Sorry, hang on a minute. Can we rewind? Which day did he get married on? A Saturday? It's like a standard day to get married, right, on a Saturday. It wouldn't have been a Saturday. Start on a it Saturday? wouldn't have been a Saturday. Well, it was all tied in with him playing, so... Oh, that was the point. Well, maybe. Genuinely... Well, no, no, I don't know. We're now assuming. <laughs> right. But okay. married in the morning. Yours is a Saturday. Yeah. So, and but I found two $15,000 tournaments. ITF tournaments. One in Brussels, one in Dijon, which I think you could pretty much... So the first thing is, do you accept the challenge? And secondly, is it... If you wanted to start playing... Marion Bartley recently thought about, talked about a comeback. Yes. How easy would it be for you if you accepted my challenge to get back to being a professional player and making that happen next year okay well i will consider your challenge excellent it's more <laughs> I, than i, it's more I, than know, I hope for i know what the answer is going to be <laughs> but i will happily consider it until our next pod um yeah i i absolutely yeah i could enter i just need to buy my ipin again you have to you have to buy it buy what so you have an ipin which What's is your IPIN? essentially it's your membership to being a professional tennis player you also have a membership on the wta tour which you have to buy how so much is a lot it more expensive what if if you had to if you were going to do this, which I think you should, because I think I think it's doable, and I think Ben will be fine. How much would it cost you to buy your iPad? Uh, maybe we can um, get people to contribute. Oh, and, oh no, it's not. It's not that much. It's a couple of hundred dollars, I think. Oh, okay, fine. Oh, no, it's you not can big cover deal. that. That's fine. No, no. So you buy your iPad, yep. and then you can enter tournaments, and then you could then you can start entering tournaments. Yeah. And, and that's I can enter them. Yeah, you can enter those. Yeah. As in, how much in advance would you need to be doing a few? Or could we just go hard into Brussels? Um, well, I'd have to be in qualifying. And it just depends on the qualifying list how strong it is. I'll be way down. <laughs> okay, so we As might in, have... It'll be a list of about 500 people and I'll be near the bottom. I still could get in. But you could still get... I, I was just wondering, because I thought, I thought of Philip Kopstra and what he did, and I thought, how is that even possible? And then I thought, I have someone who I know that could reenact that and we could see if it works. We could, we could do that. Wouldn't that be fun for everyone involved? I think, no, I'm not saying the wedding party's <laughs> coming to Brussels with you. We're staying at the wedding. You're the one that's going oh, to right. play. Oh. oh, no, we're not doing a full Cole Schreiber. Oh, okay. We're so it's fun for everyone else. <laughs> you'll, be on, you'll be on the Eurostar. Do I get to have fun at any point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said I do. That's your fun part. Uh, <laughs> then yeah. you're off to Brussels. <laughs> 
Oh dear. So, following on for the, from the ITF events, though, uh, I was asked uh, about um, the fact that I briefly mentioned that the fifteen thousand dollar event you win about eight hundred pounds. Well, it was a ten thousand dollar event, and it was eight hundred pounds. Into I'm sorry, I'm changing currency, but <laughs> we do that a lot. <laughs> Everything's done in dollars. I obviously operate in pounds. Sterling, that's what it is. Um, and uh, and yeah, and and uh, my friends that came over for dinner had had listened, and they said oh, that's really fascinating. I just assumed that ten thousand dollars would be ten thousand dollars, but uh, no, um, no, it's not. It's shared between everybody in the tournament. So first round, you get about. Forty pounds, all the way up to the winner, he gets about eight hundred. Well, to make it worth your while, make sure you go deep in this tournament oh. because that that will make your wedding day extra special. Now, I, I've just suddenly looked. We could go on talking. Um, maybe better for our listeners if there's anyone listening that we don't. And secondly, in ten minutes' time, we're live on ATP Tennis Radio. Oh, for Tuesday. Ten Ten minutes. Stop it. For, <laughs> ten minutes. Now nine minutes. Okay. Um, for Tuesday in Cincinnati. Yes. Okay. So I think at that point, and I've made, I have made muffins, which is one for everyone. But if it takes four to make you to reenact the thing next year, you can have all four. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll get the picture of Naomi's white bits. And if you've just switched onto the podcast, <laughs> that is the strangest time to join us. No one switches onto a if, podcast at the end. That's it's not, not live radio. Well, they might. <laughs> Okay, so you know about Naomi's White Bits and they'll be appearing on a Twitter and Instagram account near you very soon. And uh, eight minutes-ish. We, we working together all week, but we better go. Let's, Let's run. run. <laughs>